right. Welcome to another edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. I am Luis Vasquez. Yeah, we can take this off here. There we go. There it is. Hi, 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 hi. Welcome, welcome, welcome. An hour-long podcast, around an hour, dedicated to all Mexican soccer. And we're doing it live here with Mr. Owen Ayana. You know him as Four Kicks Blog. And also Arsenal fan, ready to go because she's got a game today. She's going to leave right afterwards, Amy Lopez. How's everybody doing? Great, so Great to be here. Good, good, good. Amy? Sorry, I was on mute and I was getting some stuff done. I'm good. I'm not too bad. As everybody can see, I am in my child's bunk bed because uh, they've taken over my room. So this is the best I could do with the situation it's, going it's on. It's funny because at first when you came on, I'm like, are you outside? And like like a porch or something like I couldn't see it I, and then until you zoomed in a little more and I'm like oh, okay that's a bunk but you should have just left it like yeah I'm in my porch because or some kind of like backyard. no I think it's painfully I obvious that this is a bunk bed situation no I didn't know that oh no? did you know it was a bunk bed I think I could tell right away yeah Mr. Cesar is uh taking this week and next week off and that's just because he's getting married so uh the biggest event awesome. in El Triang before, aside from what it will be cutting and Tom's eventual wedding. So yeah, 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 yeah. Until then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. So <laughs> I don't, hopefully you're still together. <laughs> what if like you just, what if they're not? <laughs> Hold on. No, she's over there right now. No, we're cool. We're That's what I was going to say. Like, dude, yeah, she, yeah, she went to England. Okay, okay, okay. I'm just kidding. I knew it was trying to add some drama to it. All right. Uh, we have we have a great show for you guys today. If you're on uh, listening to us, I mean, if you're messaging us right now, if you're on um, Twitter, let us know, saying hello. And uh, we'll uh, if you have a comment, we'll put it up for the first one. It's already telling us. Victor's saying, is it starting? Victor, <laughs> it's 6.57. Chill, man. Uh, yeah, but but it is, you know. I, I yeah so well i would love to hear what you guys have your thoughts especially what we were talking about any questions that you have are on here and then also on youtube so if you're uh, if you prefer to watch us on youtube we're on there too and if you're listening to us uh if it's tuesday for you or later on in the night let us know write us a comment uh any questions and also send us uh give us a review amy when's the last time we had a review done i don't know i'm terrible it's been a while. i want to say i want to say 2015 i think it was me I think that's the last <laughs> one. <laughs> so there we yes. go. <laughs> yeah, some I, actually, I actually kind of, yeah, I kind of totally believed you because people don't leave reviews. So yeah, no, review. I never, I never left a review. So that was like a flat out lie. I think Cesar has one from like, I don't know, like this 2011. <laughs> I love it. I can't wait to be on it one day. I can't wait to be on it. All right. All right. Uh, but yes, so let's, uh, let's jump right in and uh, talk El Tri. We are at the top of, of all my freakouts from two weeks ago, figuring out after Canada. Yeah, like, let's, oh, start, with let's start, start with that. I was upset. Let's start with with uh, every win or bust. Everything's no. going to go. No. Everything's no, 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 going to no. be thrown no. out. No, 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 no. Let's start this. You know, out of we have the seven points, and I said nine points. I didn't say nine points or we're done. I thought we could get those nine points. I still think you know, going back at, I'll still say that we could get those nine points. I know people don't want to get, you want to give Canada more credit, but I thought we should beat Canada um, in Raul coming back and everybody coming back. So seven points. And we'll start with, with you, Owen overall, and then talk a little bit about the last game, your overall thoughts. I think I'm as a Mexico fan. I think you have to be happy with the seven. I thought yeah. that's what Mexico would get. Actually. I was hoping for nine as well and i think that was a realistic target considering you have the two home games but canada are a side that proved in the gold cup that they could give mexico a lot of problems and that was without alfonso davies that was without jonathan david mm -hmm. so two of their most two of their biggest most important players certainly certainly davies probably the best player in Concacaf right now so adding those yeah. two into the mix i think it was always going to give mexico a lot of problems especially because you're looking at davies and buchanan on the wings mexico are weakest in the fullback positions so that was Canada's strength attacking Mexico's biggest weakness. So I think from a matchup perspective, it was always going to be tough for Mexico as well. I think the surprise in that match was how Mexico were overmatched in midfield, how yeah. partnering Ache Ache and Guardado together, um, it, it gave you problems in that, in that area. It was a little slow and one paced and Canada with K Osorio and Ustakio in there, especially Ustakio was, was the standout member of that trio were able to, 
to boss that sector. I think that was the big worry in that game, how Canada controlled possession at times in that match. I think Mexico ended up shading possession, but but Canada for long stretches had had a lot of the ball and had a lot of joy. So I'm not, I think that that doesn't bear well for, for the match in Edmonton in November, but I think Canada was always going to be the most difficult match. And of the three, that was the one where I could see Mexico dropping points. Then in the other two, I think Mexico improves certainly, but I think you also have to take it with a grain of salt not to be pessimistic because Honduras and El Salvador didn't really give much in either of those matches. Mexico only faced one shot on goal over the course of 180 minutes Yeah, against those two teams. It's from Angel Tejeda in the second minute against Honduras. It's it's a shot right at Guillermo Ochoa um, out of a transition. So neither of those two teams were able to break you down at all. I think Mexico defended well. They looked solid with with the difficulties that they were put in by, by those two teams. But I think we're going to find out a lot more about this Mexico team in November, going to the United States, going to Cincinnati, and then going to Edmonton back to back. Amy, to you, the last match, right? This is a match in El Salvador. El Salvador gave, you know, when the U S went over there, it wasn't, it was given trouble, you know, gave him trouble. This was a match that, although uh, we've won in the past there, it's difficult playing in Cuscatlan, what was happening to Memo, to you overall, are you satisfied? Um, two goals, penalty kick, Raul. Uh, tell us a little bit about your, what your thoughts on the last match. I agree with Owen. I think that you definitely take into consideration that these are not two of the worst. I think Honduras is obviously not such a great team by any means. El Salvador is probably a little bit better in that means. So I wouldn't classify them as like the worst, but you're not facing, you know, great teams and then you see them struggle against a team like Canada so I think you come out of an away game with three points I think we went into this cycle or window saying that it was going to be you know two wins at home and then we would settle for the draw so I think considering that they won away is a good thing Mm -hmm. but I don't think that it should have taken that last minute PK to like definitively secure it because there was a moment especially when Araujo got the red that you're like all right the momentum is going to shift here we go we we settled for the one goal where, you know, we're, we're losing our, our pace, our dynamic. And, you know, they easily could have, could have drawn or could have, you know, could have gotten a goal of their own. They did it. Raul scores a PK, you get a two zero win, but you, you do like Owen is saying, you do go into November and I know I, I, you know, I give you a hard time, but I do go, okay. In retrospect, you probably should have won that game against Canada because now you go into this and you could have had an even bigger gap between you know all the other teams that are that are basically in contention to to you know being part of the uh the like top three if you will in the long term kind of thing oh oh and on that last game right lots of changes not eight changes that were there and we've seen in this you know especially from the u.s and when they went so many changes in panama it's a positive that mexico got the results with at least that many changes we're seeing now in this world cup qualifying that it's three games even though i think i think there's no more three game windows so it's better that way. But we're seeing that third game specifically with teams that don't have the depth. It's it is hard, right? Um, you saw it against Honduras in US in USA in the last round where they were able to, you know, pretty much be the better team for one half, and then they just, you know, fell apart. That that changing that many players, um, everybody was kind of saying, "All right, you know, we're gonna go in there. These these guys haven't played. A few injuries that obviously help enforced us to have those changes." But no Herrera, no Guardado, no Raul, no Tecatito. Um, you know, looking at the back line, now Moreno kind of stepping in. And we still got the win. Right. I think that's the, been the big discussion with these triple rounds is that it's a benefit to teams like Mexico and the United States who have more depth than these other teams in CONCACAF. And I think Mexico had more depth going into those triple rounds, but they've also found depth in these matches you look at the el salvador match you're seeing someone like cato dominguez who no one really had on their radar as being someone who could contribute under Mm -hmm. tata who's now come in in two difficult away matches in central america and has done a job at right back and then after the araujo sending off even goes to center back and solid there as well so a player who's now probably ahead of a carlos salcedo for example in the pecking order someone who could be potentially looking at getting a spot on the plane now who's played their way um, potentially onto the plane to to Qatar in the World Cup. You've also got someone like Charlie Rodriguez, who, while inconsistent, has showed in El Salvador what he can bring to the midfield and and freshening things up. I think I think that was important. You also had Cordova coming in against Canada, someone 
just showing that, okay, there, there are alternatives to this Guardado, Ache Ache kind of duo ahead of Edson Alvarez. You have younger guys who can come in and make a difference. Um, I think that's very important. And then as an alternative to Tecatito, Alexis Vega, if he can stay healthy, I thought yeah. he looked lively in the first 20 minutes of that match against um, El Salvador at the Cuscatlan, but he gets, he gets injured, unfortunately. So a player who's who's also showed in in limited action over these first six matches. He was all he also picked up an injury at Costa Rica in September. A player who can make a difference for you, who can be dangerous in attack. So Mexico are finding alternatives, and I think that's really important going forward because you're now two thirds of the way to the twenty one point mark, which will get you one of the top three spots. You have a six point advantage over Panama. You've also in fourth, right? You've also already gone to Panama, so. It's not a question of whether or not you're going to go to Qatar. It's a question of what you do when you get there. And I think having depth, having people you can potentially call to off the bench, if need be, if the if you're in a difficult match, if if you need a if you need something in midfield, if you need something in attack, etc. I think that's really important. And and also quickly, I think in a negative sense, you found out something about the defense. I think Nestor Rajo didn't have a great yeah. window. He he's um, the primary defender responsible for the Canada equalizer, keeping Osorio on side. And then the two yellows he picks up against uh, El Salvador in the space of 11 minutes are both pretty inexplicable. The first, there was no need to take the player down in midfield. There, there isn't a break on there for El Salvador. And then the the elbow to Lorene, it's, it's hard to explain, especially knowing an experienced defender who's been playing in Spain now for a while, knowing you're on a yellow card. Yeah. So you have Montes in there who's shown, I think, over these six matches that that he, he actually he didn't play in, in the match against El Salvador through yellow card suspension. But I think he's locked down that right center back spot. And then you've got Hector Moreno, who looks solid, I thought, against El Salvador, gets the opening goal. That's his third goal. So in the last three times he's gone to the Cuscat line in the last three world cup qualifying processes, he's scored a goal. So oh, wow. I didn't know that. it's a happy habit for him, but he's getting up there in age. We'll have to see. He's had some injury problems over, over the last couple of months. I think this is something we might talk about later in the show in a little more detail, but Johan Vasquez making his debut for Genoa and capping that with a really important equalizer yeah. for them. I think if he can start getting a run of games in Serie A, if you can reunite that Olympic center back partnership of Montez and Vasquez, I think that that's a preferred partnership for Tata going forward in an ideal scenario. Yeah, it's very important with these games to have leadership. And I know, you know, someone like Moreno did exactly what he was supposed to do in that in Cuscatlan, not only scoring the goal, but keeping the defense. He's been there. Um, we're looking at, uh, and I keep stressing it, I'd rather have experience, right? You can always sub him out if it's not if something's not working there because at those very very beginning points of the of the game, the very first minutes of the game, when you're in Cuscatlan, that whole section, you know, throwing bottles, you know, the the what was happening with the memo, you could easily have, you know, you have to have that leadership there. Um, and not going back to what the U.S. When I saw them in Panama, in Panama, it was there. There was nobody there. It was so many, the, just a team that was put together, never played haven't had the experience and Panama wasn't even that. I mean, that, that place wasn't that Roman Fernandez wasn't even as crazy as, as half as crazy as El Salvador. So uh, you have to have that experience for these qualifiers, right? Because completely different. And what we've started to see in these qualifiers, it doesn't matter if a team was bad one, one month and, you know, cause the very next month they could get their stuff together. You know, you're seeing it with Jamaica, right? Um, what happened and now moving up a little bit more Honduras had a, you know, tied in Canada drops, Canada drops some points in Honduras, Honduras, you know, Costa Rica got some points in, in Honduras. It feels like it doesn't matter what happened in the last, and you know, the last window, you need to go out there and expect that you got to you know, you got to perform in every single game. So as far as now we've, we've seen six games, right? If you're looking at everybody healthy, Amy, Owen, as of for the for the US, not to be looking so far ahead, but who are your starting four in the back? I'd have I'd have Sanchez, I'd have Montez, I'd have Moreno, I think, still. Mm -hmm. And I would have Gallardo. Still I'd, Gallardo, you're mad. Well, I'd like, <laughs> continue okay. I think if in an ideal world, if you could give Arteaga potentially a chance. Yeah, no, we're I think it's not coming back. Right, we know at this point why Arteaga's not there. 
I think Osvaldo Rodriguez as as a second option. He looked good against El Salvador, but yeah, he did good. You have to keep in mind El Salvador no shots on goal. I think yeah. if a team ends up with no shots on goal in a match, that's that's a lot to do with the the team that's defending. But also, mm-hmm. I think that that's uh, that's damning for the for the uh, for the attacking team as well. In that sense, so he looks solid, but I don't think he's about to displace Gallardo, the the player with the most appearances in, in yeah, the top Martino, Martino regime with thirty four. So and the most minutes as well. So I think for for better or worse, that's a player that that Tata trusts. Certainly in that position, maybe also with kind of a lack of of competition, but he's he's a player who's going to continue to be there. And then why why Sanchez? Sanchez, I think, has looked has looked good in these qualifiers. I think, mm-hmm. especially against Canada, I think that was a really important performance for him. A uh, coming out, um, it looked like a mismatch on paper, certainly against against Davies, and I think he he held his own. Yeah. You look at the Canada goal where Davies really did the damage there was coming inside, coming through the middle. It wasn't it wasn't on in Sanchez's sector, so to speak, that 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 goal came from. And he he's the one who opened the scoring as well. So I think a player who can who has the tools both going forward and defending to be a difference maker and to and to be solid. And I think, again, it's also a case of, OK, who's the alternative there? You have Chaka Rodriguez. Is that a player that that really convinces? I'm not. I'm not sure he's played a lot under Tata, but I think the fact that Sanchez has been playing matches when he's been fit here in these qualifiers, I think points to the fact that that Tata is now um, preferring Sanchez in that position. Yeah, and this is where, you know, like I said, I, th- I think I, I'm, I'm with you there with Moreno and Montes. I think Montes is definitely solidified finally, finally solidified a spot, especially if Araujo's not going in there. Um, I like Jorge Sanchez on what he did against the best player in CONCACAF, hands down. Um, and yeah, he, you know, he did score. Um, and I would say Alfonso Davis moving into like a number nine at the end was hilarious too. When they're just kind of waiting for that ball. And then Gallardo, you know, I think that's where he's just dropped so, so much. And it's interesting to see what Tata does. You know, you just because a few games doesn't necessarily mean that you're done with this player. I mean, it happens, right? We as fans and like to say, okay, he did a, he had a horrible game and we're done. Like, uh, if, if he's still being called up, Tata means he's ready to put him in the game. That That's just how it's always been. That's what coaches said. He's not calling him up. I mean, you see Salcedo, Pizarro, Pulido. Those guys are not, you know, you know, they're nowhere near where Tata wants them, which we'll see that. Uh, Amy, specifically to you, you think Julian Araujo gets a call next round of qualifiers from MIG as our LA Galaxy LAFC insider here at Mexico. Probably Soccer. not. All rumors yeah. are saying he'll probably be heading to the friendly against Ecuador and Charlotte um, next week. But even that is a stretch. It all depends on um, what Vanny wants, how Galaxy's looking, how they're performing. I mean, it also depends on. Yeah, it'll probably be. Um, it'll probably be until the very second. I mean, the most like I mentioned, the the biggest rumor, the the biggest assumption is that he'll be at the friendly. But I don't think you. I think you. I think we said this last time, right? It's not like okay, he signed. You know, he switched. It's not like he's automatically going to be like put. He's not a peppy. He's not. It's not like he's automatically going to be put as like a you know as an option like instantaneously. Especially when you think about all the different, uh, you know, like you're just talking about all the different levels of debt that you have, and it's an important, you know, it's an important game. So I think maybe as if he ends up going to that friendly, you see the kind of performance that he can give. Granted, it is against Ecuador, so take that, but. Yeah, I don't see that happening anytime soon. And not because he's not a good player. He doesn't do well. I think he's performing pretty decent over with Galaxy right now. I think he shows yeah. a lot of fight. He's really good at um, going down the wing. But, you know, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. Yeah. But I could be wrong. I, you know, stranger things have happened. Daniel, let's try to say Nestor Araujo should not be starting for the national team, especially in the World Cup. I'm not ready to, like, forget Nestor Araujo. He's a good player. He's in Spain for a reason. You know, I think this is a wake-up call. See what he does. It was just a very stupid card. I was definitely very – I was disappointed in how someone like that could do. I don't think this is a time for, okay, we're done with you. You know, if I if you can get back to the Nestor Araujo that's had the experience, that's in Europe for the reason, and he's at the top of his form, there's nobody better, you know, uh, especially with experience. So I don't think we're ready to do that. But let's uh, – as far as midfield, and I'll ask you guys the same questions after seeing six – the six games, uh, everybody at the top of their form. And I guess that's where it kind of goes. I mean, there's nobody else better than Herrera, I think, in there. 
you know, I, I really like Charlie, you know, uh, he's, it looks like he's not necessarily coming back. Uh, he's not at his full potential, but even watching the Monterrey game over the weekend um, versus Leon and then watching in the national team, I do feel like Tata's starting to trust him. But what's your ideal combo in the three in the middle, Owen? I think you definitely have to have Edson and, and Ache Ache there. I think that's those those two are for sure. Oh yeah, Edson Ache Ache. Is he, didn't, for sure. he didn't have he didn't have his best window, but I think he's a player who can make a real difference when on form. We saw in the Gold Cup, mm-hmm. those two were really important for Mex- Mexico being able to in the majority of the matches, certainly towards towards the end. Um, it was a little more difficult for them against Canada and the United States, but in the majority of the matches, keeping a stranglehold in that sector and and controlling possession. I think the third spot, I think there's an open audition still. I think yeah, I think you Guardado for certain games, I think you can still use him as a starter. I think he's certainly important if he's coming off the bench in matches where you need a little more control there. I think Charlie has shown his usefulness, but he's a player that we've talked about certainly since that kind of that coming out match against Liverpool in the Club World Cup a couple of years ago has been has been up and down. He hasn't found that consistency. I think when he's in really good form, he's a great option there. And then Cordova is, is somewhat similar as well, a player who who on his day can make a real difference for you there. And I think I'd prefer, I'd prefer if both Cordova and Charlie are in top form, I think I'd prefer Cordova there as a more natural number 10. I think that yeah. gives a little bit better balance to that midfield trio with Charlie. I don't see him. I see him a little bit more as a shuttler, a little bit more as a number eight than as a true number 10. So I think Cordova can give you a little bit more there in an attacking sense in terms of feeding the the front three and and participating scoring himself, potentially as we saw against Honduras. But I think because both those players haven't necessarily found that consistency, certainly with the national team, I think the jury is still out in terms of what Tata wants to do from a game-to-game basis with the third member of that trio. I don't think he's necessarily settled on Charlie over Cordova, Cordova over Charlie or Guardado being in there consistently yeah. as the starter. Amy, I know you're an America fan. Cordova starting in the three with with Ache Ache and Edson Alvarez. Would that be your ideal three to start? I don't know. Mostly because it all depends. And it, I think it's one of those things where you go on uh, with the national team. Sometimes he did really well. And then you go and see him with America. And it's an entirely different story. But I mean, I think that there's a there's something to, that has to be said about like confidence wise. I think another thing I know you're making your way to the top. But I think another thing that's good that you take out of this is all the different options you had scoring wise. My children are about to come into the room. Um, but I think that I think Cordova getting a goal and kind of just having that kind of good game is uh, is something that you have to take into consideration. Somebody else take the reins. Hold on. No, don't go away. We want to see what's <laughs> happening with uh, with Jack or, or Ollie. It's hilarious. Um, again, I don't – I if we have Moreno, I don't mind if Guardado doesn't start. I, I That leadership that's there, Guardado does – he's still playing. He started today with Real Betis. Um, but at the same time, when you're, when you're looking at the U S and looking at cat on how fast these players are going to be, you know, I finally saw the U S put together a good half of great passing. And this is without Pulisic and without, I think their best player, Gio Reyna, you know, it's that midfield is going to be key. Herrera needs to be in form and, uh, Edson's going to have to have a great game if we're, if we're going to try to get at least three points in the next, in, in the next window. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, Herrera hopefully turns back and becomes, you know, the Herrera that we want. Edson, I think is in great, great shape. It's just that extra spot. And it, I would, I would give the nod to Cordova, um, you know, just because of the offense and how we can go forward with a little bit ball with, with the balls. Um, but it, it'd be interesting to see what that can. Right. And with that being said, we'll, we'll see, I think in an ideal world, certainly when you're in a more attacking setup, Cordova would make sense. But with these two, the two most difficult matches on paper that you're going to have of this whole octagonal coming up, are you going to put a true number 10 into that third midfield spot? Are you going to maybe look to put a Charlie, for example, someone who can give you a little bit more defensively maybe than what Cordova gives you? I think that's a consideration, especially against uh, midfield against the, of the United States that looks the, looks like it's it's found a little bit of something that's found a formula there. I think that trio of, of Musa Adams and McKenny mm-hmm. worked quite well against Costa Rica. So that's something to keep in mind, a very, a very young midfield with a lot of, a lot of legs as well as skill. So I think that's, 
that's a consideration. Certainly, you wouldn't want to play Ache Ache and Guardado together in that match in Cincinnati. Raul Barraza saying, who is forcing Amy to wear that kit? Should lose a bet? This is the important questions. This is called <laughs> yeah. loyalty, my friends. I wear it regardless. Like, I will wear it even if they lose, just so I have to live with the shame. It's what happens. It's called realistic loyalty. Okay, plus, I have a game right after this, and we wear white, and this is the only white jersey that I have. So it can be two things at the um, same time. You have a Mexico white jersey. No, I don't. It's got signatures on it. You can wear that. Yeah, it's also a men's large. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, a child's right. extra large. <laughs> let's, uh, all right, let's look at the standings. Mexico with 14 points, U.S. 11, Canada with 10 Panama eight six five five two. What after six games? Two. What what surprises you guys the most? Let's talk about surprise. I think seeing Honduras in last place is a big surprise. Yeah, I think they they looked like they were starting to put things together. Maybe under Porto, I think in the in the Nations League certainly. I think they gave the United States a real scare in that semifinal, and then in in the Gold Cup, I they. They were obviously destroyed by Mexico in the quarterfinals, but they didn't do terribly in the group stage. And, and also in the quarterfinals, there were mitigating circumstances with the COVID cases that they had. Mm-hmm. Also, the coach himself, Coito, I don't think was on the bench for that match because of, of COVID concerns. So you, you'd think that they also had to have a promising generation coming through with the team that qualified for the Olympics. They beat out the United States in the in the pre-Olympic tournament in, in Guadalajara back in March. So thinking that you're having some promising young players potentially coming through that could help you in this qualifying cycle. It just hasn't worked out for them. Coito's now gone. I think that's certainly the big disappointment. I'm not sure I was expecting to see um, Panama that far up the table either. I think that's that's a surprise. They've looked the strongest of the rest. But I think there's a clear difference between the top three and the rest. I'd be surprised if anyone foreign below is able to, to put themselves into one of those top three qualifying spots between now and and the end of the the octagonal. Certainly, I wouldn't expect any team Panama and below to finish in the top three. Yeah, Amy, probably not. You, but I think I think it's interesting this little four, fifth, and sixth thing that's happening because a lot of people thought that Jamaica was going to be like Honduras in a sense, and then all of a sudden they kind of just switched around. So I'm interested to see. I mean, it look all signs point to right that it'll be Mexico, the United States, and Canada. But I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't think Panama will be that hugely impactful that they maybe disrupt that flow of the top three. Um, but I am interested to see what happens between four and six for now. I mean, maybe even El Salvador too, but I was actually interested to see that Canada, which makes sense though, and Mexico are the only ones that haven't had a loss. But then it also makes you just judge. Like, I think, was it was it you, Wiso, that said that every CONCACAF team is going to get crushed in the, in the World Cup domain on how they are? Because yeah. It's, uh, well, it's, I, I'm changing like a little bit like more. Mexico's at the top and they've had no and had no losses, but like it hasn't been amazing. It's not like like you cannot judge what people are going to do in the World Cup, what teams are going to do in World Cup with 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 Concacaf World qualifying. And I might not know other regions. We see Argentina, we see Brazil, we see Ecuador, Colombia. You know, if we look at the south, like you kind of know what they're going to play and. You know, we might lose in Jamaica, <laughs> you know, but the, you know, and then we beat, you know, a team like like Germany. Like that's that's where I'm at. It's it's it, you asked me through, you know, in the, in the first in the first window, what um, if any of these teams could get out? No, I don't think so. I I really doubt any of these teams. Now, now we're seeing seeing a little bit more with more rhythm. Um, what surprised me the most? I mean, I would always say I would think I would want Mexico to be at the top, and uh, the U.S. didn't think that they would be that far. Like three points ahead is a, is pretty far up there, you know. So uh, the U.S. dropping points. Well, their moved. gamble didn't work. They took. Yeah, they, they did. And I think that's that's all Greg's fault. That's all Greg not knowing World Cup qualifying, and and he's paying the price. So um, Canada dropped some points early, I think, against Honduras. Um, but had two amazing games against the U.S. and against Mexico away. The two hardest day they were able to get those two points. I give them credit. I'm finally giving Canada credit where it's due. 
I still think it's not just managing the hard games, which I think they can do really well, but it's those smaller games where you drop points to the worst team at home, right? Or you going to El Salvador and you know and and get a loss there because El Salvador, you know, it, it's that's the thing. Like you have to have this experience in these World Cup qualifiers. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Someone said we saw isn't sold in Canada at the beginning of qualifying. No, I'm not. I'm not. I still, I'm still gonna say that. Uh, I'll stick it with mine. Like it's still gonna be hard for Canada to qualify. Because it's like I said, it's not necessarily just how you do against the good teams; it's how you manage going against the bad teams at away or at home. So we'll see, we'll see, we'll see how it is. Uh, people are saying the Gio Arena and Gio probably won't play next month. Just my guess, and Pulisic won't. I hope so because they're I'm, yeah they're they're yeah like they're saying their injuries are probably a little bit more. Little more. I really hope so. I think that'd be huge. You know, it's the first time we've said that it's, you know, I think the mental game. And we'll, we're going to have a big preview, you know, for, for that game. Um, going into uh, November 12th, this is a schedule for CONCACAF, Honduras, Panama, Canada, Costa Rica, United States, Mexico, El Salvador, Jamaica. And if you're a betting person, this is where don't bet any parlays because – you really don't know what's going to happen in World Cup qualifying as much as the the, the bets and the odds. You say that now, and then you're going to text me on November 12th at like 4 p.m. and be like, Amy, you want to put in like $5 on this game? Look at the odds, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, they do seem tempting, you know, and I, I did win some money on Mexico and U.S. winning on the last round, right? But I just, just let it, just FYI. I think um, I've changed my superstition. My old superstition a long time ago was that I was never going to tweet while there's a game. And then I obviously started doing that for my job. So that went out the window. So now my thing is I never bet on any of the teams that I actually go for because I tried to bet on Arsenal that one time and then we tied. Yeah, that was a pretty bad bet. We, we Yeah, that, was, that wasn't that great. Um, looking at the uh, that November schedule, here's where it kind of gets interesting because let's say Mexico gets it. Mexico gets a win, right? And Costa Rica gets a tie in there, you know, and it's like it shifts it shifts up the standings because or even if Costa Rica gets a win, which I don't think they'll get a win, but uh, it'll go Mexico, Canada, Panama, and the US drops down. Between Panama and the United States is three points, Canada two points, like one win and another person losing, the US could be in uh in fourth place after the first uh, uh you know, after that first november 12th so interesting to see what happens the following jamaica united states costa rica honduras panama el salvador and canada host mexico canada i don't know nobody's really talking about this but they're gonna go to edmonton in november like this is where i'm worried about the weather um and i haven't even looked at it so it would be be kind of crazy the United States going in in Jamaica. I think Jamaica is a lot better now, so I don't necessarily believe that, you know, hey, this it's just an easy win. Um, just like just like Jamaica went to Honduras and won. Uh, Costa Rica, Honduras in Costa Rica. That's the uh, you know Central American Clasico, and who knows usually what happens there. Panama, Panama at home, so you know expect Panama to get three points in this window. Although they have been dropping some points at home. Right, so Panama gets the three points. They're at 11. Canada gets three points. They're at 13. The United States, we beat the United States. We're at 17. And now the U.S. stays at 11. So that's the U.S. now in fourth place. It's going to get interesting. It's going to get tough. It's going to be In the ideal world for you, Wisa, that's what will happen. In an ideal world, I hope that happens. <laughs> but Mexico, like I mentioned and I tweeted earlier, Mexico is the only team to play four away games in the World Cup qualifying, starting with El Salvador, Mexico, U.S., Mexico, Canada. And those four away games happen to be the two biggest, you know, the two, the, the two best, I would say the hardest places to play right now, as in the quality of the team in the standing. So uh, coming up with those two games, you know, Asking you right now, what would you be happy? And I'll ask you guys on the chat. 
Mexico versus U.S., Mexico, Canada. What are you content? Not what do you want? What would you be okay with? What, what, what would you be, you know, not throwing a fit like I did when we lost points to Canada that I couldn't even talk to Amy after the game? Um, tell me. I'd be okay with three and really happy with anything more than that. Three I think points? it's going to be difficult. I think it's going to be difficult. If you can pull out a win in one of those matches, I'd be... I'd We're, be Canada's already a, a World Cup qualifying powerhouse for us to not get a win or a point. I think the difficulty with Canada is we've seen we've seen twice now in a short space of time it's a bad matchup for Mexico. I think their strengths are are designed to attack Mexico's weaknesses. They're also a really good team in attacking transitions. Mexico struggle at times with defensive transitions. So I think it's a really good tactical matchup for Canada and they they showed in this last window they have a player like Davies who can make a difference. They have the best player in CONCACAF. He made a, a a big difference for them in the match against Panama, getting them that crucial win. He's a player who, even if they're not playing well, can come up with, with the goods. Mexico have players like that as well. Mm-hmm. But to have a player like that, in you know, supposing he stays healthy now for the next month or so, having him in the form he was just in, if you can bring him back like that, I think that's that's huge for Canada. And then also with Buchanan on the other flank, the, the speed that they have on the flanks and the skill, I think, is is something that's that could cause problems for Mexico again. And also, like you mentioned, we so going to Edmonton in the middle of November. I think going to Cincinnati as well, just a few days earlier, Cincinnati's not balmy in the middle of November either. I think <laughs> you know Mexico is going to be playing two matches in, in cold conditions and we'll, we'll see how they adapt to that. I think they'll be able to, but nonetheless getting three points, if you can from six, I think would be, would be a good return. Hector's saying getting nine points. <laughs> you can't even get nine points. Energy, Just get nine points somehow. I love it. I love it. Alex yeah. is saying a draw. <laughs> Three consecutive losses to the U.S. would be bad. Uh, I hope six points. I expect zero points, Marcos, oh. against the USA and Canada. Like zero points. Look, I was. It's not the end of the world, but I'd be pretty pissed. No, I, I, well, I'm not going to match that level of just like absurd pessimistic energy. But I mean, like two draws is not terrible. You're still undefeated, out of, and then technically you still get more points, so you're still at the top of table assuming that nothing else happens so i wouldn't want it's like the last time i wouldn't want two points but i wouldn't mind two points after these two games i'll give you my honest i'll give you my honest take we take two points that's good it's a positive result getting points from somebody else especially the hardest places of the u.s getting points in in canada okay inside it's uh i think i think we're a lot better than those teams but i guess it's you know it's it's uh i'll take it i'll take the ties um i hope we get a win would you rather have two ties or a win and a loss i think if you win in the united states yeah i think just imagine this just imagine this you lose against the united states like that's they're back. Like that's it. Like they're. Well, that's what I'm saying. Back. I th- I I don't ag- <laughs> I I don't agree with the zero points thing. But I think getting the draw is sufficient. Should we settle for that? No. But you don't want to lose again. So I think you. But don't you, don't chance, not, you, you don't want to play to not. You don't want to play to not lose either. Like you're yeah. not you're not going to play this game to not lose. But I don't think you should. I don't think it's good if you lose. The no game. worries. Kind of like, Jovan is here to tell us that we're getting zero points. Because in the last window, I think she, she said we were only going to get like, yeah. So or she or four, I don't even. Yeah, remember. she was like way down. So thank you, Giovanna, for coming in. <laughs> four, yeah, four points. I mean, four points would be four amazing. points would be great. Four points, awesome. We're happy. Six points. We're what? in the World Cup. Okay, but would it would you care which which order that four came in, or just like for getting four is is fine? Ah, uh, no, getting four. Even if we if we tied in the US, well, so, we tied in the US. But or if we win a win, hey, we won the US. And then ah, uh, well, we tied in Canada. It's freaking cold there. Or one, we tied in the US. Hey, we won in Canada. Like it four would be. So, so you wouldn't prefer to win in the United States over Canada? Like if you, oh if you yeah, yeah, no, for sure, yeah. for sure. Right. But at the same time, there's so many Canada fans on my mentions now that in diet now it's starting to feel really good. <laughs> now it's like, a rivalry. Okay, like I'm not kidding, dude. There's so they're many. Allowed to be, they're totally allowed to be there because every no, time I you face Canada, Canada, you're like, well, God, I retweeted. 
I retweeted the guy getting a point in the Azteca and he danced. I don't mind being happy for your team, but it's like a week before we're going to get the three points in the Azteca. Like Canada fans. I'm like, like <laughs> what? Like it's, I, 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 this level of spazness that I haven't seen since it's, like after 2002 in the world cup. It's kind of crazy. It's, it's the new Clasico de la CONCACAF just because of your Twitter <laughs> feud with the Canadians. That's the that's what's making it. All it. Co- but it all that's comes from it. the Gold Cup where this it's man is like on his selfie. Like, you know what? I don't really see what Canada is about. I think we're going to win smoothly, blah, blah, blah. And then take a last minute goal. Yeah, it's it. true. It's true. We'll take that. But now we're seeing that we can, you know, we, we lost that. I mean, this, there was a facade there. <laughs> Same time, we didn't even have a goal scored against us. And it came, Canada came. So, I mean, we had zero goals scored against us. It was oh, good. All right, all right, all right. What do we have? What do we had? Uh, do you see the Canada coach saying uh, him and, uh, and Barhalter were exchanging notes? Really? That's that's kind of crazy. Uh, for Mexico? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right, so what's next for Mexico? Yes, Mexico has, like many of you have mentioned, uh, on the 27th, Mexico versus Ecuador uh, in Charlotte. It'll be next week. Amy and I will be there. Raul... The colorful kit, thoughts on Mexico scheduling a letter in the U.S. between all these World Cup qualifiers seems really unnecessary. Raul, yes, yes, sabes, Raul. I mean, you know this. Is it unnecessary, right? Somebody said some, you know, Fernando Verdugo says we have to fulfill the sum country. That's exactly right, right? Although, peace of mind, it's not like they're taking any of the World Cup qualifier players to that game. Probably, I mean, or maybe one. No, I think they'll take. I think they'll take a full Liga MX team. I think. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're not going to take. I think they'll take. I'll th- I think they'll take everybody. Anybody that's ready. I mean, okay. So here he goes at. But okay, but then, like that's not great, but is it? Here's where. Here's where you say. Um, look, I know people have always said that. Oh my gosh, you know we said this loves the moleros. There's a lot that comes out of the moleros as far as yes, it's about money. Are you 15? Just did a whole trip in in Europe, right? Like, look at what's happening. Uh, that money goes to a lot more than that, and I get it. Um, I don't mind having a game next week, especially if we're seeing some of the Liga MX, some of the Olympic players, to solidify some of those spots. Uh, a team like Ecuador is not like comp- it's you know it's it's not Guatemala. And sorry, you know I'm just telling you it's not it's it's at least a South American team. And which again, which I said you're gonna get Guatemaltecos in your mentions now, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're no, just, you're just, 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 just I love Pescadito Ruiz. He's great. He's awesome. Dude, but, he uh, just like every time, like he tries to like clean it off with one Concacaf. He's like, but then this one. And then all right, if Guatemala makes it to a World Cup qualifying, <laughs> don't don't take this. So we're seeing right. Don't be surprised if you're seeing more of these some contract games in the future. Because that whole year of not scheduling needs to come before the World Cup. So I even see next year having more of those games. So I know Moleros and money and all this other stuff. But, you know, for me, I get to see Mexico and the United States. So we'll <laughs> see how it goes. So, yeah. Um, they're excluding America Rayados players f- for CCL. That's right. CCL is back. There's so many competitions going on right now. All right. So we'll see. So um, we'll... Uh, well, I kind of want to see. I, I want to see some of those players without the the European players, just to see how that team and what Tata does. You know, um, so expect Funes Mori. <laughs> oh wait, no, 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 no. Rayados aren't gonna go. All right, all right, all right. So uh, yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens. Unfortunately, next week I don't think there will be a Mexican soccer show on Monday. We are all. Like Lisa's I said, going to Burning Man. Um, I'm, I will be, uh, <laughs> I'm going to Burning Man. I'm going to Burning Man. I will be recovering from Cesar's wedding. So yeah. everybody, send your thoughts. Uh, getting, uh, you know, so we'll uh, we'll definitely have, but we will have some type of preview somehow if we even do a space. By the way, if you guys uh, during games, we did a space last time. Owen joined us. I thought we had a lot of fun. So if you're watching the game and you don't know what you you know you don't want you want to turn off any of the of the preview games, you know, we'll try to have something on the Mexican soccer show. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Did we still freeze? I think you did. That was like, wait, is it just me or is it? <laughs> definitely, definitely froze. I was waiting a couple seconds to see. We so froze. Are you here? Am I here? Something happened? Yeah, you're back. You're back. There we go. I don't know what happened. So we'll see. We'll see. Mexicans abroad. Johan Vasquez, my homie. Uh, scored right off. He got the uh, he got to play in the 
the Genoa, the Genoa game over the weekend and great debut. Owen is your guy. You already want him in the start. No, no, actually, you didn't say he was in the starting lineup, but you know, it's good that he's scoring, especially the second Mexican to score in uh, Serie A, which I had to look that up because when I saw that, I'm like, who else has scored? And I put that on memory. And I'm like, hold on a second. Let me make sure, you know, Layun, Rafa, Salcedo, um, Tecatito was the first. And I, I just wanted to make sure. But yes, uh, second uh, player to score and a uh, great debut. For sure. I think it's really important. Um, I think there was a little, there were some misgivings or some worries. Certainly that was his eighth match there with Genoa. Genoa's eighth match of the season. He finally is put into the starting lineup. Hadn't played a single minute before then. So obviously at that point, you know, he, it's his first season in Europe period. Also going to Serie A, difficult league. Genoa, a team that don't usually do extremely well in Serie A. They're usually mid-table at best. A lot of times fighting relegation right now. They're in the drop zone. They've conceded a lot of goals this year, and they conceded two as well, the Sassuolo at the weekend. But Vasquez comes in and gets the equalizer. I think that's really important for, for his confidence and for the team's confidence in him, the coach going forward. It's encouraging to see him in that back three, that Genoa favor to see him as the main center back there, as the the center center back, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he can he can now bed in and become a pillar in that defense. That's one of the most scored on Serie A. They've conceded 18. Spezia is the only team that's conceded more with 20. So they're going to need to keep those numbers down if they want to escape relegation. But hopefully from now, Vasquez can get a run of games in the team. You, you obviously don't see defenders, certainly center backs, subbed in and out as often. So with a big equalizing goal, late on in his debut, I think he'll be getting a run of games and getting a chance to prove himself, which is really important. Yeah. Oh, great, great, great debut. Um, around the Mexicans abroad, Raul getting some minutes and a great win with the Wolves. I was watching that game. Um, uh, Guardado also, some- although he was only in the game for a little bit, that I, I was able to catch the highlights because I didn't watch the game live. But I want to give him some credit on that free kick. I don't know if it was an actual set piece or it was a strategy, but he actually moves out of the way for the deflection to go and for them to get that game-winning goal. So I thought, like, I watched that, like, three times. And I was like, wait, wait, I want to make sure that's Raul that's doing that. I think it was him and another teammate that actually, like, opened up the space. Yeah. And then I think everybody got caught off guard, hit the deflection. So I just want to say, it's very we got to give him some credit because he didn't play too great. much, which I'm, which I'm sure it was because he was obviously traveling and everything. But I still think that he yeah, contributed yeah, yeah. a little bit to that game. Um, and then somebody had a question. Uh, should we be worried about Linus and JJ situation over in Spain? Linus like, was why are you still bringing up JJ. Like JJ misses. Like just leave him alone. Like he's <laughs> he was great in Leon. Uh, and then the one to Chivas. <laughs> and then he left you guys for Chivas and kissed. And then we got ruined, just like every other player that goes to Chivas from Leon. Um, Linus was hurt, and then an unofficial press said, "Hey, he'd be getting some minutes last week, and that didn't come." So interesting to see what's going on. I'll try to see if I can get. Some info on there. So he's he's been on the bench. He's been named to the bench now for three straight matches, but still yeah. hasn't debuted this season. He and wasn't named to the bench at all until the 30th of September for that yeah. Europa match against Faring Vara. So coming off that injury in the Olympics. So I think it's still lingering there. Or, you know, Fans want him really bad, believe me. Right. I look at Linus mentions just, right. just to see what they're saying. I follow Real Betis closely because I work with one of their players. And everybody's ready for Linus. So I don't think the coach, Pellegrini, Pellegrini really likes him. So I don't right. think it's anything that he's losing. I think he's not 100% just yet. Right. What I up, Ali? The, the Linus situation is a wait and see. Let's see, you know, once he once he starts, I think he'll be getting minutes shortly. I don't think that's a question of he's had a falling out with Pellegrini or Pellegrini certainly doesn't trust him or there's there's not the goodwill there to, to start giving him a run in the side. I think the Messias situation is a lot more concerning. With with Michelli had 197 minutes, I think a starter two, no goals, and then Michel gets fired. Hatafe are our bottom of the table right now in Spain. They've yeah. got only two points from the first nine matches, I believe. Kike Sanchez Flores comes in at the weekend for his first match. He's the new coach, and Linus isn't even on the bench, mm-hmm. so I think that's a real worry there. Considering there were also there were also indications that when Macias came, it wasn't even Michel who said, "I want this player." But he was nonetheless giving him some minutes, not not a consistent starter, but some minutes. And also, I I didn't have the opportunity to see any of the Hitafe game with Kike Sanchez for what formation he was playing. But one of the things that was promising, at least under Michel, was that 
he was playing quite often with a two-striker formation. So that gives Macias theoretically more chances to come in and play as one of those two strikers. Now, yeah. Kike Sanchez Flores recognizing you're in a relegation battle. You need to keep things tight at the back before you can think about attacking. Potentially switches to a formation that's only one center forward. I think that's a problem for Macias. Because yeah. you, there, are, there are another two, three strikers that he's then competing with. And he hasn't proven himself in Europe, much less with, with Hitafe. So I think that's that's a situation that's more worrying in terms of Macias getting playing time. He's also on loan. He's also on loan from Chivas. So Hatafe aren't obligated to Kika Sanchez Flores is not obligated to play Macias. It's not a yeah. player that Hatafe have invested money in. He he's there to fight a relegation battle and to try to keep Hatafe up. Whereas Linus is a player that Betis have invested a lot of money in. He's a player that that they have a real interest outside of Pellegrini himself in in making sure he gets time to develop and eventually grows as a player for them. Great, great um, summary there, uh, Owen. And uh, yeah, I, I feel the same way with JJ. That's something concerning when we see what we're doing and where he does to get some playing time. Because if uh, if he's not going to get any playing time, you know, I, I'd rather than go back to Leon. Uh, someone's being pessimistic. Mexico in the mud. Two L's coming up in November. Julio Cesar Martinez. Not sure if you're a U.S. fan or you just not want you know just kind of become a troll over here, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, all right, all right. Saw a little bit of Ollie. If you guys didn't know, he's still right there saying hello to my friend. Wait, he has a very important thing. Ollie, do you wanna do you wanna show them? Yeah, he he wants you guys to know how tall he's gotten. So look how tall he is now. All right. Oh, yeah, you're you be taller than your mom for sure. Okay, that's in not like, a in like a year. That's not that hard to accomplish. You're like four eight. Anyway, I have to go now. So yes. Well, Amy's got a game, so we got to shut this down, and it's just how it is because she's in production. But uh, Owen, thank you very much for joining us. Amy already had to go. No she did say goodbye. Uh, we'll continue to have the Mexican soccer show. Owen, four kicks blog. Um, does an amazing job, a lot, great job with all the videos the very next day of important matches. Definitely give him a follow, all the things that he does with Mix Nation. And, uh, yeah, man, thanks a lot for joining us on the on the Mexican Soccer Show, now regular. Uh, as make as sure always. you follow him. And thank you all for joining us. We'll just keep going with uh, this, the best comment. Nine points, homie. We saw energy. <laughs> for the next two games, we're going to get nine points. Sector Reynoso with the best comment that's there. All right, nos vemos. This has been the Mexican Soccer Show. Hasta la próxima, amigos.